the Mind Body Connection podcast. The Body and Mind, with your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Hi, and a very warm welcome from me, your host, Dr. Phil Parker, to this episode of the Mind Body Connection. And today I'm going to talk about pain. Uh, and one of the reasons I'd like to talk about that is it's something that's been very heavily researched uh, in placebo studies and, and of interest to the mind-body connection. So there's loads of evidence about it. It's very, very responsive to uh, placebos and suggestions and expectancy. And of course, it's common to most illnesses. It's one of the reasons people end up going to seek medical health is because we don't like pain. And in fact, I thought I'd start by talking about what pain is. But of course, we have to be a little bit careful about this word, the P word, because there's loads of evidence that saying the word itself actually starts to trigger the experience of it. So I'm just going to use the word P instead, just in case anyone listening to this uh, has some issues of this nature. So uh, first of all, how does it work? Well, one of the weirdest things about it is that when we have the experience of P, we uh, feel it, say, in our hand or in our foot if we trod on a pin. And it feels like that's where it is. That's our natural experience, but that's not the way it works. It's all actually in our brain. So the phrase, I'm going to use the word now, pain is in our brain is, is one of the ways to remember it. It's not where it feels like it is. It's actually a processed signal in, a, in our neurology. And that's odd, but useful. Uh, it's odd because it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's where we experience it. But it's useful because it reminds us that although we may be experiencing it here in this part of our body, our hand or our foot, where we need to do the work is in our head where our neurology is processing it. There's some really interesting evidence around this. So first of all, um, there's, a, there's a condition called complex regional pain syndrome, which is where people have intractable symptoms, just don't go. Uh, and one of the very... Um, severe treatments for it is to remove the part of the body that's got the symptoms and they don't tend to do it very often uh, because it's such an extreme treatment but uh, what they found is when they do that and they remove the leg that's causing all the, all the symptoms the symptoms in many cases don't go and it's the same with people who've um, lost their limbs uh, in say uh, in the military they will often report uh, that they still feel the pain in an area of their body that they don't have anymore. So this again reminds us uh, that the, the symptoms, the P, is in the brain, it's in our neurology, and that's where we need to look at it. We need to find ways to shift the way our brain is processing the signals from our body. Early studies into placebo showed that there was a really strong effect uh, at removing P, creating analgesia. They were really intrigued as to what was going on. Initially, they thought, okay, probably what's happening here is that people are just thinking that they don't have the same symptoms, that they've taken the pill and they've convinced themselves. There's no real change. It's what's called a subjective change. They, they feel better, but, but uh, there's still the same problem. And interestingly, pain is completely subjective. There's no way of measuring it apart from asking somebody, how do you feel? Uh, but the idea was that people were just forgetting about it when they took the pills. And then they did a, another set of studies, was very interesting, where they gave people uh, something that would naturally block the uh, opioids, the production of opioids in people's bodies. And what they found, if you give a placebo, and later on you give this blocking agent, which prevents the natural production of, of opioids, then the symptoms would go back up. 
And what this tells us is it's not that people are thinking they're feeling better. They're actually producing natural opioids, which will block the sensations of pain. And instead, there's a real genuine change in the chemistry, which can be identified because when you then give the opioid blocker, the symptoms come back. So this kind of revolutionized the whole idea around placebos. They clearly are having a very powerful physiological effect. It's not just people are being convinced that they might feel a bit better. It's actually a real physical change. And there's some great research by Luana Kaoka, who I interviewed on another podcast, uh, where they identify that there's two main systems, at least, that's involved. One is the opioid system, and the other is the, the dopamine system. Um, and these two systems are activated in placebos and knocked back in nocebos, which is when people get negative responses from uh, an inert substance. Another interesting study, they took a painkiller and they gave it to people in uh, with correct labeling. And they gave them a placebo uh, with kind of white label labeling. And what they found was when they gave them uh, the real drug, they would get a response. But if they swapped the labels around, so they gave people the real drug and told them it was placebo, or they gave them the placebo, labeled as the real drug, that the results were the same. If you cut a placebo with the name, the brand name of the pill on it, or you got the real pill and assumed it was a placebo, you would get no difference in effect. They still have an effect, but the, the effect of the drug will be knocked back by the idea that you maybe thought it wasn't the real drug and the effect of the placebo would be increased as a result of thinking that placebo is a real drug. So we're seeing again, it's a very strong relationships between our expectancy and how we respond to these pills. So there is lots and lots of studies into uh, pain and uh, I keep on saying the word even though I said I wouldn't uh, and into itching, which is another thing that is quite linked. Uh, and itching is quite easy to stimulate by using various drugs. Uh, so you can get skin to, to get uh, more irritated. But of course, they've also found that if you, if you say to somebody, I'm putting something on your skin and this will make it itch, it will make it itch even if there is no chemicals in it. In the same way as if you say to somebody, oh, my kids have got head lice, immediately you find your hair starts to feel a little bit itchy. One of the things they found when they generated an itch in people, that they a genuine itch from chemistry, so adding some kind of irritant, that when they gave them a placebo saying, this will reduce your itch, this will make it feel more comfortable, then not only did they find the itch reduced, but also the temperature of the skin reduced and the activity of the basophils, which are the uh, some of the cells that produce the uh, inflammatory response and the kind of redness, also reduced. So we're getting, again, not just a subjective, oh, that feels better, but when you evaluate what's going on objectively in the tissues, a change in the activations of cells, the change in temperature, so real physiological change as a result of thinking about things differently. A set of studies by Professor Irene Tracy, they did some really interesting experiments where they gave people some pain and they gave them uh, some drug relief. But instead of injecting it, it was going in through a drip. So the patient didn't know, or participant didn't know when it would start or when it would stop. And they found that if they said to them, it's starting now, then the people get pain relief immediately. If they said it hasn't started now, people and, and they had actually started it that people wouldn't get the benefits of the drug 
So it seems that, our, again, our expect expectancies are really, really, really important. Some other studies they found that if you give painkillers uh, covertly, where people don't know they're getting it, they won't get a strong effect as if you give them overtly, if you say, I'm giving it to you now. So we have to remember that pain is something that nobody likes. And yet we have incredible amounts of power over it. And what we're seeing here is it being triggered by lots of external things like giving people medicines or injections or IV. But fundamentally what they're doing is triggering something in our neurology. So the question becomes, how can we switch this on by ourselves, and this is something we'll be looking at in later podcasts. What can we do to start to shift how we turn this neurology on that switch on, switches on our opioid system, switches on our dopamine system? This has been shown time and time again that we can do it. The question is, how do we do it at will rather than having to be deceived or having someone give us a pill? Final thing that's worth talking about again, Lord is from Loana Coloca. Uh, in a recent recent paper she wrote, she talked about the main factors that seem to be really important for what doctors do when they give uh, pain medication. The first is uh, to be positive about it. So to emphasize its benefits and not go on and on about the side effects. Second thing is to uh, talk about how long it's going to take to kick in. So if, if people have an expectation it's going to happen very soon and it doesn't, then they'll get disappointed in it. So if it's going to take five hours to make a difference, say it will take five hours before you feel the change. Don't overpromise. So don't say it's going to do something that it isn't going to do. And another really important thing is to explain how it works, the mechanism. So the rationale seems to be very important. This shows up in some of the other interviews where people have found that if you give someone an open-label placebo, so they say, look, it's nothing in it, uh, but it has been shown through research to have an effect. If you explain why that is, what the evidence is for this, and the mechanisms that switches on your opioid systems and so on, then again, this will have a really big effect. So uh, to think about that, she also, in this interesting paper, she talks about things that you can do to, to make the pain uh, killers or the pain medication be more effective. These include things like um, taking it in a, a nice environment, in a warm bath that is, associates with comfort for you. Remembering times where uh, medicine has really made a difference for you. There's a number of things that you can do that will really make a difference. So if you're interested in that paper, it's a 2018 paper by Luana Koloka. Um, and there's some great advice for both clinicians and patients in it. As I said, we'll be doing some work later on on another podcast about how you can start to activate some of these systems all by yourself. But until then, start noticing what words you're using? Are you talking to yourself too much about the P word like I have strayed into in this uh, this podcast, even though I intended not to? Are you having a positive expectation of what medications you're taking? Are you taking them in the right place, the right style? What's your doctor said about it? And one final research, which I think is interesting. Ted Kapchak, uh, who's done a lot of this research, particularly in acupuncture, was doing some acupuncture. When you put the needle in, instead of putting the needle onto the skin, the needle actually goes into the handle of, of the implement, so it doesn't actually pierce the skin, so it's a fake. 
And what they found was if you give this fake acupuncture, so no acupuncture actually happens, uh, you get a good response. Um, but they also did another variable, which is all the acupuncture was fake, but half the people would um, be talked to by the acupuncturist in a nice way. And half the people wouldn't really have much conversation with them. And what they found again was the more the relationship between the patient and the deliverer of the treatment, even though the treatment was a sham treatment, the more powerful the effect. So again, the relationship between you and your practitioner, so, so important. So I hope there's some food for thought uh, about how we can start to think about powerful effects of our brain, our expectancies, our beliefs, the way we use our brain on changing how our body responds to these symptoms. Let's see what you can do. See you on the next podcast. The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and Mind. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes, like it, review it, and share it. The more people know about this, the better. And remember to join our mailing list by going to philparker.org forward slash yes, and you'll get extra stuff, bonus material, and program notes. See you there.